<laughs> All right, man. Now that you hit the record button, I want to hear that that PlayStation story. Oh man, she's all right. Why? What happened? So I didn't tell you, cuz remember I told you a while back that I was able, like I saw, like a message that said, like, oh, sign up for that Walmart Plus members, and you have access yeah. to mm-hmm. the P, the PlayStation Five drop. I'm like, oh, I've been wanting to get one for a while. Like, let me let's do yep. this. Mm-hmm. So I freaking I got it. I was at work when they dropped, and I was able to get mm-hmm. on, and I got it. And okay. then. All right, and then um, I got COVID, right? Like mm-hmm. that same the same mm-hmm. day, the next that night was when I test when I was like not feeling good, and I thought I was coming down mm-hmm. with something. Turned out to be COVID. Not to lick so, off, fool. Well, that's monkeypox, bro. That's when you cool. see the baby wipes <laughs> on the on the counter, you know it's on. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Keep going. All right. So Ask you got me cool what you do if there's no baby wipes. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do Still with no on, baby wipes? Still on. Call Charlie. Call Charlie. Still on. <laughs> All right. So proceed. What happened? Yeah. So long story short, I was like, hey, this, I mean, if, if there could have been a perfect timing, you know, like, hey, you're going to quarantine for two, two weeks or whatever. Why not quarantine mm-hmm. with the brand new PS5, right? Right. Unfortunately, my order got delayed because it was supposed to ship the next day and then i'm like all right no no worries and then the next day it still says it's delayed well i opened up the walmart app and walmart is app is just like amazon you know it's like all uh like uh you're just talking to a bot you know you're like oh what's going on uh-huh. push one of these buttons and it takes mm-hmm. you to the next level right well yeah i was doing this on in the bed and the dogs start messing around and I didn't have my readers on and I hit some, cause I was telling Fonzo, I was like, dude, I got to start wearing glasses all the time. I hit some <laughs> buttons and then I didn't, I couldn't see what it was saying. And then I grabbed my phone and I, I guess I clicked uh yes or finalize or whatever. And then the next thing I know, I'm getting a text that says, Oh, your order has been finalized. It's been canceled. And I was like, Whoa, what? say what i jump back in i go back onto the website i try to put it back in my car it won't let me and then i just start messaging with you know with somebody from walmart and they're like oh you know just go back in and put it in your car i go oh yeah i wish i would have tried that oh yeah i did Uh what do i do like oh don't worry we'll figure it out someone's gonna call you back wrong no still waiting for that call because uh-huh. I never got it. But the other mm-hmm. day, I got off work, and one of my buddies was like, dude, PlayStation 5, uh, the PlayStation store, they're dropping PlayStations right now. And I go, are you serious? And I jumped on, and they had already been open, like, giving them out for like 20 minutes, but I was able to soup one up. Uh-huh. So now I got a PlayStation 5. Oh, shit. Yeah, nice. so it's. So far, so good. Working? We'll see. Like I haven't it? even I haven't even played anything on it yet, so we'll see. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a cold game, man. Cold as soon game. As I heard Gary Cohn is dropping down to sixty six kilos for ADCC Worlds, I was like, "What? <laughs> Put this PS five away." <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to this week's episode of Jujitettles Coast to Coast, a podcast that talks about what's important on and off the mats. On this week's episode, me and the boys, Fonzo, Cousin Ant. What's up, homies? 
What's going on, man? Just chilling. It's Sunday fun day. Get into these uh, fights uh, for the next week's card. Can't wait. There's some good fucking fights in this card. So um, I'm excited to talk about those with you guys. How about you? Yeah, you sound pretty excited about that, man. If I, if I was listening to this right now, man, I'd be all up on it. But I am definitely excited about this fight. I want to see Adesanya get his ass handed to him. I'm glad to see Max Holloway's back. It's just looking good. And then, you know, the whole Sean O'Malley thing. So I'm I'm t- totally looking forward to this. Well, you guys gave away the show topic. Thanks, guys. Sport. No, <laughs> this is totally going to be UFC 276. We're going over fights. Each fight on the main card, we're going over the fight stats. Everybody's previous fights, we're going over the odds. I'm looking at my bookie right now. And possibly going to be looking at some props if my bookie's got some up. So... Stay tuned for that, gentlemen and ladies out there. This is The Motivation. Because you freaking nailed it for this show. I am... Super hype, super, super hype. UFC's hype. I think my dad is hyped for so many fights on this card. I know Eddie's got some favorites on this card. We're going to break down each one. This first card, because, or actually not the first card, but the first fight that we're going to mention right now, you just mentioned as one of your, something you, a fight you're super looking forward to. And I'm talking about the opening bout on the pay-per-view. Talking about Pedro Munoz taking on your boy, Sugar Sean O'Malley. You guys want me to get into the fight stats for both of these homies? Yeah, yeah play it down. It. All right, let me break it down. We got Pedro Munoz, 35 years old, five foot five, 65 inch reach advantage, coming in with a record of 19 and seven, coming in off of a loss to the UFC commentator Dominic Cruz by de- unanimous decision back in December. Actually, he's coming off of back-to-back losses, both by unanimous decision to Dominic Cruz in December and then to Jose Aldo last August. Prior to that, he had a a unanimous decision victory over Jimmy Rivera in February of 2021. And then prior to that, though, he had back-to-back losses, uh, one over one with Frankie Edgar, a split decision back in August of 2020, and then... I don't know if you guys remember, but I think this might have been his first fight in the UFC, and it was against Aljamain Sterling. And he ended yep. up going, uh, was it all five rounds? Did they go five rounds or three rounds? Uh, I'm going to look that up in a little bit. Three it rounds? It was three rounds. But he, yeah. ended up, he lasted all three rounds, man. It was a really close fight. He lost by unanimous decision, but uh, that was that was his intro into the UFC. Now let's take a look at Cousin Ant's boy, Sugar Sean. Sugar Sean, the youngster, 27 years old, five foot nine 72 inch reach advantage coming in with a hot record of 15 and one by the way i didn't give out the fight stats here uh on my bookie so my bookie right now has sugar sean at a plus i'm sorry minus 260 favorite while pedro muñoz is a big plus 200 underdog back to sean o'malley's fight stats he's coming off of a three fight on a three-fight win streak, most recently coming in with a TKO victory over Raulian Paiva, who I believe fought last night on the, ulti- on the fight night. Uh, 
beat Paiva by TKO round one. Before that, you guys remember when he put the beat down on last second replacement Chris Moitano or Moitino? Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that, that was, that was that hard guy? to watch, man. It was, that was it hard was. to watch. Uh, he got TKO in round three. Before that, he had a win over once up-and-comer, prominent up-and-comer Thomas Almeida. Fonzo, weren't you a big fan of Thomas Almeida for a little while? I, I know I was. Yeah, yeah, he did pretty well. I don't know what happened to him recently, though. I'm actually I've been wondering about that. I haven't really heard a lot about him oh, before. I, I remember he was killing. He was tearing it up for a while, and then I don't know if Usada had something to do with it, but just mer- mysteriously, right around that same time, he just started on this incredibly super fast decline where he's not. He was like a shell of the fighter he used he used to be. But that being said. He did lose to Sean O'Malley by KO in round three. And then before that, though, uh, Sean tasted his first defeat in his career, and that was against Chito Vera. Uh, TKO round one, remember? I think he got his leg messed up, and he couldn't stand back up, and then Chito just kind of finished him off on the ground. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, you guys remember that? And then before that, uh, he had a a KO over A.D. Weiland round one. So there's your fight stats. There are your last five fights for each fighter. Gentlemen, who wants to take the floor first? And what are you thinking? I'll go ahead and take this. Um, all right. So I'm thinking uh, Sean O'Malley is going gonna, is gonna to win. Um, you know, I, I just – Pedro Munoz is tough. Um, but his fighting style it isn't, isn't what – like it's not going to be enough to win him his fight. Like he, he – the fighting style that he has, just he leaves himself open, way too open for just like straight punches down the line. And as we know, Sean O'Malley's freaking strikes are crisp, dude. He's he's a good striker. He uses a lot of jabs, he a lot of straight punches, punches from different angles. And like all I see is 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 another um, Aljo fight. You know, the last time um, he fought Aljo. Like that's all he was doing. Like that's all Aljo had to do. He just had to go and and straight punches and keep him at, at arm's length and work away. And that's how he ended up winning. And I think Sean O'Malley's going to do that same thing. Um, so I'm I'm thinking Sean O'Malley's going to take this by decision. Um, it's going to be unanimous. I, I don't think Pedro Munoz has anything for Sean. Nada, huh? All right, all right. So do you see it going the full three rounds? Do you think that Sean can put Pedro away? I don't do think so. Think I think Pedro's that, tough. I think you he's think tough. That, uh, do you think that Pedro could somehow pull something out of the hat and flip the table on Sean? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that, that Pedro can do is maybe um, land. Like, he's, he's, he's strong, dude. He's a strong fighter. He's got power. Um, you know, I don't know how, how good he is on the ground. If he can, if, if he can ground and pound him, hold him down. I, I just don't see him doing that to Sean O'Malley. I, I don't think he's got it. Um, I think, um, what we've seen from, um, from Sean O'Malley is he's able to, to, to work and, and get back up. He's, he should be able to stuff any takedown. You know, I just don't think he'll, he'll have what it takes to do anything. That's what I mean. I don't think he's got anything that Sean O'Malley at, at his current um, for this current fight um, hasn't seen and he won't be able to, I don't, I don't think he's got anything that'll, that'll surprise Sean O'Malley. 
All right, all right. That's a good perspective. What you what you thinking, Cuz? You know what? Uh, I think they set Pedro up for failure on on this one. Like, to be honest with you, you know, looking over um, and, and granted, like Sean O'Malley, he's not exactly my favorite, and only just because you know, personality wise, like in the ring, I hate that whole you know cockiness and everything like that. But I gotta give it to him. The guy can he can box. You know, he he can throw his hands really well. Um, and I really think that he, you know they set Pedro up for failure. I think they really set this up so that Sean O'Malley could have. You know, uh, a nice, easy win. And I say that because, you know, looking at you know the, what the UFC has for these two fighters, you have takedown accuracy for Pedro Munoz. It's only 20%. We know Sean O'Malley is not going to take it down to the ground. He's going to stand up. He's going to strike like he always does. That's where he's at, at his best. And even then, he has a better takedown, advan- uh, takedown accuracy than Pedro Munoz does. He's at 50% versus Pedro Munoz is at 20%. So even looking at the UFC uh, percentages, uh, looking at something that maybe would throw um, Sean O'Malley something like a grappler or something like that, this is not the guy. You know, Pedro Munoz is not going to be the guy that's going to be taking him down. It, it, now, can someone get lucky? Absolutely. You know, can does uh, Pedro Munoz have like the strength to maybe you know put a uh, put some you know get some good strikes or, or hurt him? But I think Sean O'Malley is just his striking ability and his striking defense is just too. Uh, above average and also i think that what's also going to play a big role in it is that reach advantage sean o'malley has a, according to ufc has a 72 uh, inch reach and uh pedro Munoz only has 65 so i mean that's a, a quite a bit of difference um and not to mention the couple inches they have on uh, sean o'malley has on height he's really going to have to reach and he's really going to have to go into that uncomfortable getting close to really make an uh, an impact on Sean O'Malley and Sean O'Malley, he's good at keeping people where he wants. He's good at using that jab and then finding those little weaknesses to to you know um, to get that win. So I, I think that they set up Pedro for a failure on this one, and Sean O'Malley is going to take this home. I don't even think it's going to go decision. I think it's going to be finished probably third round early knockout. So that was going to be another question that I was going to ask you guys. Uh, do you guys think this is going to go? More than do you guys think this is gonna go the full three rounds or less than three rounds? So you're already saying less, cuz are you saying uh first round finish, second round finish, third round? I'm saying Fonzo, I, you already I, said I, you're... go for it. Yeah, I already said going. decision. Okay, yeah, and I'm and I'm looking at I'm looking at this like third round, uh third round knockout, early on third round knockdown. He's gonna put hurt on him for the first two rounds. And I think that third round is really where he's going to just put the nail in the coffin. Interesting. All right. All right. So you're taking Sean. Both of you guys are taking Sean. One of you taking Sean by finish, the other one by decision. Um, Let me go over what I got here. I got some extra notes for you guys here. So under Sean, I wrote, he's young, excellent stand-up. He's maturing. Uh, but I said, but how much, you know, and what I mean by that is mm-hmm. cousin, Ed, you said, you mentioned it earlier. I'm not a big fan of that personality uh, outside of the cage. However, inside of the cage, it, it does seem to come out a little bit, not too much, but he does like to showboat a little bit. And I don't know if he's going to be able to get away with that in this fight. And I'll say, I'll speak on that in a little bit. Um, go, continuing on with Sean, I have here, no statement wins. No statement fights. I have mm-hmm. fought Chito two years ago. Not the same Chito of today. Uh, I have long. He has a long list of cans as opponents. 
He's never been pushed. He's never been tested. And I wrote down, has he ever been taken down? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Going over, talking about Pedro now, I have some extra notes. I have he's experienced. You guys both said he's tough. He has had statement fights, but he, he lacks the statement win. Um, I put here, is Pedro too old? Can he push the pace? Can he force O'Malley to make mistakes? Uh, has to make this a fight and not a stand-up war. He's got to get TKOs, his, use his jiu-jitsu, and control and try to tire out O'Malley. Now, I don't know if you guys saw the countdown show, but one thing that worried me was that Pedro Munoz was getting smoked by his daughter on a razor as he was out for a job. I don't know if that's going to play any <laughs> I think that's your answer right there, man. One thing that I did want yeah, it put the bank, put the house on it, put the house money on it. I'm telling you, cardio is going to come into play. Can't even beat his six-year-old daughter on a razor. Yeah. And yep. Pedro Munoz was running barefoot. <laughs> you can't beat somebody barefoot. You ain't beating nobody. Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing holding you no, back. But seriously, one thing I'm looking at, I'm looking at the cousin aunt mentioned the takedown person, takedown accuracy for each one. And O'Malley's is a lot higher, more than double that of Pedro Munoz. But when you take a look at their opponents, you know, 20% takedown accuracy against Dominic Cruz, Jose Aldo, Jimmy Barrera, Frankie Edgar, Aljamain Sterling. Tell me how hard it, you think it, it's going to be or would be to get a takedown against either one of those guys. That's a great now, would point. You rather try, would you rather try to take those guys down or would you rather try to take one of these guys down? Raleigh Paiva, Chris Moitino, Thomas Almeida, Marlon Vera, or Eddie Wineland. Now, I don't like... I don't even remember Sugar going for any takedowns in any of those fights, but it says he's, he hits one out of every two. He's at 50%, so he must have, even if he only did two, I guess. But does he really need to shoot for a takedown? Nah. No. Where can each of these fighters win this fight? For sure we know Sean can win the fight on the feet. Where can Bedler win this fight, though, you know? Has mm-hmm. he won fights on the ground? Can he's Has he won it on the feet? You know, he's like kind of like a jack of all trades, but a master of none, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's no, got exactly. really good jujitsu, right? He's got mm-hmm. <clears throat> decent stand up. I mean, he survived five rounds with Jose Aldo, you know? Yeah. But, but does, does any of those guys have one hit knockout power like Sean has shown in the past? And, that knockout power is that going to translate against this upper echelon of a fighter? You know what I mean? If you when you can mm-hmm. tr- when you compare the toughness of Pedro Munoz to the previous fighters minus Chito Vera, you know what I mean? But we know how that we all know how that ended. So is that an outlier? Should we not even be looking at that fight, or should that be the fight that we say, hey, that's the one we need to look at more because he did fight. Even though Chito was up and coming and he wasn't at the same level he is now, he was a really good fighter. He was already a standout back then. We all knew he was going to be trouble. So if he had trouble against that level fighter back then, what's he going to do against Pedro Munoz? Even though Pedro Munoz isn't a top three. Uh, and where do you guys know where he's ranked at right now? Where is he in Which the one? rankings? Can somebody look that up? Pedro Munoz? Yeah, uh, Pedro he Munoz, he's number 10. Oh, right he's number 10. Yeah, he's number 10. Yeah. So he's not a he's not going to be fighting contending for a title, 
And I, I, I don't know if they set him up for failure in this one, cuz, but I think that they set this up as a test. I think that maybe the matchmakers in the UFC are kind of fed up with everybody seeing how they're handling Sean O'Malley with kid gloves and he's getting to pick his opponents. Hey, he's been in the UFC now for what, like three, four years? So it's time. It's time for him to take a step up in competition. It's time for him to get a crack and a taste at someone in the top 10. Top 10. And this is going to be a great, great way to introduce, uh, the to kick off the pay-per-view. Um, I'm going Sean O'Malley, man. I'm going Sean O'Malley. <laughs> and I think this is going to be a super dog fight. I think that. Pedro is going to freaking be there each and every round in his face. But I think youth and the power and, and I mean, I haven't, I haven't, I'm not impressed with Pedro's takedowns. You know, Mm -mm. I don't see anything that he is going to bring to the table that Sean is going to have trouble with, you know, is he going to be able to avoid his takedowns? Probably. Is he going to be able to outstrike him? Probably. Is he going to, you know, I, I don't know. The only place that he might be able to have a, an advantage in this is going to be on the ground, and we'll see. You know, Sean O'Malley's a brown belt under Tokino, you know, a former world jiu-jitsu uh, IBJJF champion. Pedro Munoz is a black belt under Cobrina, multiple-time world jiu-jitsu champion, you know. So mm-hmm. we really haven't seen Sean's ground game. So, yeah, man, I just – I'm, I'm going to play the odds here. I'm going to go with Vegas, and I'm going to say O'Malley. And man, I I really have I don't think that Sean is gonna be able to put Pedro away just because even an old Jose Aldo couldn't put away a Pedro Munoz, you know, Frankie Edgar, Dominic Cruz, all the all his losses, he was there in the very end. And I don't know yeah. if Sean O'Malley could Sean O'Malley beat Dominic Cruz right now? Maybe that would be a really good fight. But I don't think Sean can beat a Jose Aldo. I don't think Sean is gonna beat an Al Jermaine Sterling. Frankie Edgar, let's not test that chin right now. We'll talk about that at another time. <laughs> Poor but guy. I think that on this one, I'm going to go O'Malley, unanimous decision. Okay. Okay. And I all that talk about pro- all that talk <laughs> about Pedro Munoz, man. Again, I thought right? you for sure were going to go for Pedro Munoz. Right. Right. All right. So Next that's fight. Why you wouldn't make a good lawyer. <laughs> I so guess that's not. why when you're <laughs> You're in my jury. I got you in my pocket. Okay. <laughs> Took you for a ride, fool. <laughs> All right. Next fight on the card. We got the ladies banging it out. At, uh, what weight class is this? 135? Or 125? Yeah, Flyweights. All right. So we got Lauren Murphy. Lauren Murphy with a record of 15 and 5, 38 years old, 5 foot 4, 67 reach advantage. Coming in off of a loss to the champ, Bullet Valentina Shevchenko. She lost by TKO in round four. But before that, she was on a four-fight winning streak. A split decision victory over Joanne Calderwood in June of 2021. A submission victory in round two over Lila Shakirova in October 2020. Unanimous, unanimous decision win over Roxanne Modafferi in June of 2020. And a... Split decision over Andrea Lee in February of 2020. Oh, and by the way, the odds. Lauren Murphy is a plus 135 underdog as of last Friday. I don't think that's changed. Uh, And Misha Tate is a 
big minus 165 favorite. So Misha coming in with a record of 19 and 8. She is 35 years old, 5'5", five 65-inch five, reach advantage, coming in off of a unanimous decision loss to Caitlin Vieira back in November. Before that, she won her comeback fight into the UFC against Marion Renew, TKO round three. And then before that, we got to go all the way back to 2016 when she was coming off back-to-back losses, unanimous decision loss to Ra- uh, who is Raquel that? Pennington. Oh, yeah, there it is. Raquel Pennington and then Amanda Nunez, rear naked choke round one. And then before that, you guys remember she won the belt against yep. Holly Holm, outlasting her, making her, taking her to the deep waters and sinking in that rear naked in round five. So there are your odds. There's your stats. Who wants to go first on this one, gentlemen? We can keep it age before beauty. Okay. <laughs> All right, Sleeping Beauty. I'll go first. <laughs> All right. Um, so for these two men, I was, um, you know, I, I don't know much about Lauren Murphy. Uh, so I had to go back and watch a few of her fights. Um, you know, she's tough. Definitely. has got some, it's got some, some okay standup, you know, her standup is all right. It just, she seems a little stiff at times. Um, her shots are not as crisp. Um, I think Misha, has a better stand-up game than Lauren. And then as far as I was able to see, um, Lauren's um, ground game isn't as polished as Misha's either. So I think in this in this case, I can see why she's a favorite, uh, why Misha's a favorite here. And I think um, what's going to end up happening is Misha's going to piece her up and um, going to end up taking her to ground. I see this going under the ground. Um, and then in the second round, Misha... Uh, Getting the getting the W via TKO. Um, I just think Lauren isn't isn't as ready. She she hasn't had the competition that Misha has, even though Misha had been out of the out of the octagon for a while. Um, that fight with Marion kind of showed you, you know how how she still has it. And yeah, her loss to Caitlin Vieira, Catlin uh, Vieira. Um, you know, she did lose, but she put up a pretty good fight. So I don't, I don't, I don't think we've seen the last of Misha. I think she's gonna try to make another run for the belt. I don't know if she'll she'll make it very far, but I still think she's got a good um, a good trajectory going right now. And I think this this next fight is gonna it's gonna set her off on that trajectory. All right, all right. You want me to jump in, Cuz, or you got this one? No, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. Uh, so, okay, so DraftKings got uh, Misha Tate at a negative 165 and Lauren Murphy at a one four, positive 140, uh, plus 140. So, now, I don't know. I, they, I mean, and unless I'm misunderstanding this, and you guys tell me because you guys know this a lot better than me, if they're a negative 165, they have, they're viewing Misha Tate as the win, right? Yes, she's yeah. a favorite to win. The favorite to win, and she's ranked number ten, going against a number three. Now, my thing is, Laura Murphy. She just went up against Shashenko, and she went to four rounds, right? She yeah. went before she got. So, I mean, Shashenko is no, you know, easy walk in the woods. I, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't see it. I'm, I mean, unless Frankie, you can, you have some secret notes you're gonna to give to us. I don't see Misha Tate winning this one. I mean, she's. Lauren Hill, uh, Lauren, Lauren Hill, Lauren Murphy uh, made her way up uh, <laughs> to rank, rank number three. I mean, obviously she's gone against the competitors. 
she's gone against Shashenko in her last fight. Yeah, she went, she lost, but it, I mean, Shashenko, like I said, is no fucking joke. Misha Tate, I mean, I feel like she's just running off her name from, you know, before. So, you know, and I'm looking at, you know, the, you know, the history of, you know, um, Lauren Murphy versus uh, uh, Misha Tate. And I, I just not seen it. I'm not, I'm really not seeing it. I mean, before that, she had, like you guys said, she went split decision and then she won by sub against uh, Shikaroba uh, back in 2020. And in 2021, she had a fight with Woods and it went to a uh, split decision. You know, so even that, like, and the, all, even her track history is showing that she has something inside her that could beat uh, Misha T. When you look at just that background on, on uh, the two fighters. So I'm going to actually go for the underdog in this one. And I think Lauren Murphy's going to pull it off. I think she, but I think it's going to go to decision. I think she's going to win third round by decision. All right. Ooh, all right. Well, let me go over my secret notes with y'all. Yes. So what I got from Misha is I got her. Uh, she's coming off of a unanimous decision loss. She fought two times last year, but before that she was on a five-year layoff. And then in that time, what was she doing? Was she being active? I don't know if you guys remember this. Or did she have a baby? She, she, she had a kid. This, but I, yeah, she did. I think she had two. She had. Did yeah. she have two or just one? I don't know. And I know she was, also, she, was out, she was also working. Yeah, and she was also working for One FC. She was doing like something in their office. She was like commentating sometimes. I know she was doing stuff in the front office. So I don't know how much time she was dedicating to the crowd. I'm sure she was training. But was she hitting it as hard as Lauren? I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, I also said here, uh, doesn't do well against strikers. We all know what Misha's game plan is. She's going to be tackling and grappling. She's going to try to take mm-hmm. her down, and she's going to make it into an ugly-ass fight. And the uglier it is, the more dangerous it's going to be for Lauren. Because if Misha is able to get Lauren onto the mat, I think it's going to be game over. Because Misha's ground game is – I'm not going to say it's underrated – but it is like Damian Maya level in the women's division because look mm-hmm. at if when you go down her resume, man, she's got a a list of killers that she's taking out by Mata Leon easily. You know what I mean? That's why she's right. the champ. And for that for that main reason, you can't count her out. She could be in this fight until the last minute of the third round. Now let's look at Lauren Murphy, and here I have some uh, some notes also that maybe. I don't know if it's going to change your mind, cuz, but here, here's my secret notes. I said that she needs to avoid the takedown, obviously. If she can keep yeah. it on the feet, we all know Misha's not an expert uh, striker. So if Lauren can 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 take Play advantage game. of that, yeah, and I don't know how good of a striker Lauren Murphy is. I don't remember her being super good on the feet, but if she, she just has to be a little bit better, you know? Yeah. If she can do that, then she, she's going to have a better chance of winning. Now, I also have here that she's barely made it past average fighters. You know what I mean? She's got a unanimous decision against Roxanne. Roxanne is an older fighter. Modifer- I'm talking about Roxanne Modafferi. She's tough, but she's not th- she's not Amisha Tate. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you look at Joanne Calderwood. When was the last time Joanne Calderwood beat somebody? You know, even though she's also a tough fighter, she was only able to, to squeak out a split decision. So who knows how the how the judges were looking at that fight? I don't really remember that fight too much or too much about that fight. But another point that I have on here is that Lauren Murphy is part of the MMA lab team and her coach is John Crouch. 
And John Crouch is a super good coach who's always has his fighters come in with a game with a really good game plan. But in my secret notes, cuz I have written down here, how many fights is this coach coaching on this card? Because Ooh. that's a really big gym. That's a really big gym, and they have fighters on multiple fighters on one card at any given time. As a matter of fact, Sean O'Malley is from this team. So Sean O'Malley is from MMA Lab. Lauren Murphy is from MMA Lab. And a guy who you might have heard of who's fighting for the title and on the main card here, Jared Cannonier, is also from MMA Lab. So my question to you guys is, how much time do you think their coach dedicated to her game plan? Do you think mm. that that she, she might have been getting coached more by somebody else? You know, I mean, there's only so much yeah. time. So, and this is this isn't a championship fight. This, even though it is on the pay per view, you know, I would imagine that he was probably spending most of his time with Jared and getting him yeah. ready for that championship fight. Um, but because I'm, I'm going to play the odds in this one, uh, even though she is only a slight underdog at a plus one thirty five. I feel that she's been more active in the game. She's seen what Misha is good at. And if she is able to avoid that, I think she's going to pull off the the victory. And I think the only way that she's going to be able to do that is by unanimous decision. So I'm going Lauren Murphy, unanimous decision on this one, guys. All right. Yeah. Didn't I get unanimous decision for that one? Yeah, I think you did. Okay. I believe you did. Put me down for yeah, unanimous decision. All right, all right, got you. Penciling it in, and I'm writing in ink so you can't erase it. <laughs> he's got one of those pen, gonna... one of those erases with the brown, with the blue side that he can't erase. <laughs> ink. It all, it just rips the paper. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> remember that shit, dude. How come we can put people on the moon, but we can't invent a fucking eraser that can erase ink? Are you serious? Oh, could... <laughs> Because that was a hoax. We didn't go to the moon. Fool. That's why we can't do any oh, of that shit. Oh, God. Here we go. Boom. That's why. <laughs> Boom. Next 40 with friends. What the fuck? All right. Save it. Save it. Save it. Eddie Bravo's going to be all over that. Hey, quick <laughs> side note here. Quick side note. Going back to the last fight to the Misha Tate and Lauren uh, Murphy fight. Lauren Murphy is a brown belt under John Crouch. And Misha Tate is a purple belt. Uh, it doesn't say who she's a purple belt under, and she does train at Extreme Couture, so I guess the jiu-jitsu coach over there. She gave it to herself. All right. She bought her at the <laughs> gift shop. Got an Amazon Crazy for Online Academy. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. This next fight, I am dying to watch. I'm dying to watch, and I think that this is going to be the one of the fights of the night. Depending on how the main, who knows? But I mean, there's so many good fights on this card that I can't wait for. But this fight right here, this next fight, Sean Strickland, Alex Pereira, I'm dying to see because we're going to get a lot of answers, a lot of answers after that fight. So let me break this fight down for y'all. Sean Strickland coming in at a double check on these odds, guys, because I checked them on Friday. I don't know if they fluctuated at all. But uh, Sean Strickland was a minus 110. Uh, 25 and three record, 31 years old, six foot one, 76 reach and 76 inch reach advantage. Alex Pereira, five foot one, 34. Actually, let me go into their records. Uh, Sean Strickland is, I don't know if this is, I only went up 
to his last or to his past five fights, and he's on a five fight winning streak. He could be on a much longer winning streak. I just didn't go back. But his last five fights, let me count them out to you. Jack Hermanson, split decision. Uriah Hall, unanimous decision. Uh, somebody named Jocko, unanimous decision. Brandon Allen, TKO round two. And then Jack Marshman, unanimous decision. Alex Pereira, five foot, uh, five foot one. Five and one record. 34 years old, six foot three, 79 inch reach advantage, coming in on a one, two, three, four, five fight winning streak with his last two being in the UFC. Uh, his last fight was a unanimous decision victory over Bruno Silva back in March. Prior to that, remember he had that flying knee against Andres Mich- Michelatis, but we were calling him Michelada. Yeah. Remember that guy? <laughs> TKO round two. And then before that, his fights were in – he had one fight in LFA, a KO, KOing Thomas Powell. And then before that, <clears throat> three fights under the Jungle Fight banner, all of them ending uh, before the, the final round. So – oh, and then the fight odds, minus 120. So this is a toss-up, you know. Vegas is not really sure who this is, so it's kind of a, a pick em. So who wants to kick this one off first, guys? I actually think I actually wanted to hear what uh, what you had to say about these guys because I there's not really too much to know personally for me about uh, Alex, um, and I just want right, to throw it out there that uh, that uh, um, DraftKings has them now uh, r- currently as uh, Sean Strickland at a negative uh, negative one hundred five, so he's gone down from uh, I guess you said Friday. When you check, uh-huh. and Alex, uh-huh. Pereira, he's at a negative one fifteen, so they have them both okay. at negative. Yeah. All right. All right. So let me get into these little notes that I have here for, uh, in Sean Strickland. So I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a, a video that came out. Those of you in the jujitsu community out, out there would probably remember this because it was a video that involved a black belt that is known. For being, I'm not going to say dirty, but he might be a little overly aggressive in training with his partner sometimes. I heard a story on the Jay-Z, one of the Daisy Fresh episodes. Well, I don't remember which way the, which of the Wiltsy brothers was training with this particular black belt. But they, they claim that this black belt uh, herniated a disc in their neck and then offered to pop it back in place so that they can continue training. Now, they said that they didn't pop it back oh, in, but shit. they did continue oh, training. <laughs> so I'm talking about Orlando Sanchez. And the video that I'm going to be talking about is a video that was a sparring session that took place at the uh, hookah gym a while back between Sean Strickland and Orlando Sanchez. And I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a video where there was two guys sparring in a cage and they were throwing punches and they got in kind of – they kind of tangled up and one of the guys got the other guy in a, a – a quick, quick and nasty wrist lock. And the other one of the guys reacted, it kind of exploded and was pissed off and was dropping F-bombs and was saying, like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're gonna hurt yep. me. Remember that? So yep. that was mm-hmm. Sean Strickland. That was Sean Strickland. And Sean Strickland's also the guy who's always going off on social media talking about how he wants to kill people and he thinks it's fun. So he's got that kind Aww. of persona going for him. All right. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a he's a wild character. He's a wild character for sure. So what do I have written down here in my notes for Sean Strickland? I have a question actually. 
How are his takedowns? Will he strike or will he try to wrestle? I have here that he's shown very little head movement in the past. He's got very sloppy stand-up. He's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. He's tough as shit. I, I say here that I think the only way to win is by making it an ugly fight and getting a decision. I said here he is on a six-fight winning streak, and his last loss was to some Brazilian by KO in the UFC back in 2018. So it's been a while since he's tasted a loss. Now, let's look at Alex Pereira's stats. I, I did mention that he's only 5-1 in one in mixed martial arts. However, he's like, did I write down his kickboxing record over here somewhere? Uh, looks like I did not. Oh, yeah, I did. But he's 33-7 and seven in kickboxing, guys. So he's got a he's got a long ass resume of fights uh, in his under his belt. Not to mention he's the only guy to ever put Adesanya on the mat and not get back up and beat him twice. You know, so but that wasn't a kickboxing only match. So let's go over Alex's stat, uh, notes that I have here. Two and zero in the UFC. Been fighting MMA since 2015, but he took a four year layoff. From uh, 2016, and then he started back up at the end of 2020. Again, I just mentioned it. He, he only meant to KO Israel Adesanya back in 2017. And at this point, the UFC is pretty much betting on a collision course with both of these guys fighting. Now, I have here written down his takedown defense needs work. Because in his last two fights, he was taken down. And it did take him a while to get back up. And when both of his previous opponents pressed him up against the cage. It took him a while to get separated so that he could create that space to land the kill, the, the killing shot that he ended up actually not landing on Bruno Silva, but he did land enough to get the unanimous decision. Uh, I have here, he has the ability to end the fight with one strike at any time, as you can remember from that flying knee that came out of nowhere in round two when he knocked out Micheladas, right? Yeah. Uh, he also trains with Glover Teixeira. So, Glover is not a, a super good wrestler, you know, and who knows how much these guys are training together. But if he's training with Glover, I would imagine that he is working on his wrestling, maybe not his takedowns, but his takedown defense and working on getting back up. That camp's pretty good at that. Um, dude, I cannot wait for this fight. This is kind of like, how should I, how could I explain this? This is like the world champion jujitsu fighter, Going up against like an up and coming hungry ass purple belt. Alex has done everything. He's beat the the best of the best in each sport that in e. I mean, he fought in Glory. He fought in K one. You know, he's fought the upper echelon in both of the, in in that sport. And now he's trying to complete that over here in MMA. So he's only tasted the best. You know what I mean? He's only mm -hmm. fought the best. And every time he's had this almost the same result every time he always ends up winning. And how does he win? He wins by beating the shit out of somebody and knocking them the crap out, just turning them into a human punching bag. I think this is a very bad matchup for Sean Strickland because he plays right into that. I don't think, I don't know if his takedowns are going to be good enough to take down Alex. I don't. And for sure. I know that his striking is not up to par with Alex. Cause if he tries to play that, that rock and sock and robots, it's going to be a quick-ass night, and we're going to see Alex getting his hand raised sometime round two. 
because Sean's got a crazy blockhead. I think he's going to take a lot, a lot of damage. But I think Alex is going to finish this fight. TKO round two, guys. Uh, I can't wait to see this. I said this is going to answer a lot of questions. If Sean can make this an ugly fight and drag it into the ladder to the third round and squeak out a judge's decision, I don't know, man. We might see something similar to what we saw a couple of weeks ago when everyone thought the judges got the decision wrong, you know? But if your camp mm. is good at reading the rules and implementing your game plan, he Sean can to- I could totally see him making this an ugly fight, being a wet blanket. Playing, pressing Alex up against the cage, getting him in a plum, and just throwing little elbows, little shots, little knees here and there, and not giving Alex the space that he needs to land that kill shot. But that's a that's a far stretch. I haven't seen him do that in any of his other fights. I don't see him doing that in this one. Again, Alex, TKO round two. There you go, because I led the table for y'all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I will go ahead and uh, shoot that up next because... I really don't have much to say other than, okay, you have Alex for the, like, so we know you're saying that the ground game, all right? He does, I mean, according to UFC, there's not a lot of on his on his ground game. He's a kickboxer. Now, you were saying that Sean Strickland, the only way he's going to beat him is if he puts on pressure, gets him up to the cage. Well, isn't that kind of like the ideal spot for a kickboxer? Isn't that where he's going to want to get into that clinch where he can drive those knees and everything? Like that? So I, I'm definitely with you with the whole – Stand-up game, Alex Pereira, he, he's got it uh, there. Now, does he have his uh, jiu-jitsu background? I'm almost positive. I'm sure his probably his jiu-jitsu, once he's on the ground, on the mat, he's going to be able to, you know, defend or he's not going to be submitted. I, I don't think that Sean Strickland's jiu-jitsu is going to be anything, you know, that he can't see. But one thing that I, I did come across was – you know, the defense of these two, like they're very, the strike, you know, significant striking. When you look at their significant strikes, you have Alex, it's going to be a lot better. His defense, however, um, they're pretty much matched up with 65 to 60. So I think that, and so if you look at between significant strikes, you got Sean Strickland is at 40%. You got Alex is at 60%. That's a drastic, that's a 20% difference versus their, the defense. So more of uh, the way I'm understanding that is more of Alex's shots, his significant shots are gonna are gonna get through, you know, and he's gonna he's gonna be exactly. able to you know do the do the stand up game and everything like that. So unless he unless Sean, like you said, does his game and just like lays on him and tries to take it to the decision, I don't see him having enough or uh, enough in his. <clears throat> Uh, in his toolbox to uh, defeat Alex. Now he also, and Alex also too has a uh, has a reach advantage. He also has a, uh, a leg reach advantage. So he's going to be able to keep him at a distance. He's going to be able to use that stand up game. And as long as Alex just does what he does best with an eighty percent finish knockout rate, according to UFC, I think I agree with you. I'm thinking this is going to be the first round. They're going to fill each other out. And I think it's going to end in the second round with a knockout. I think once Sean starts getting like kind of like that video of him in the gym, you see the the true colors come out. I think once he's in a situation that he doesn't like or it's not going his way, he's going to go right back to how he always is. And it's just going to be all ego. And I think that's where right. Alex is going to, like you said, he's going to go ahead and fill it, finish him off. Agree. Yeah. 
Yeah, and real quick, real quick before Fonzo jumps in here, if you scroll down at his at uh, UFC stats, it's it shows that he averages one takedown per round. That's perfect for Alex. That is exactly mm-hmm. what he wants. He doesn't want to have to be fighting that takedown the entire round. So just do one and get it done. You know what I mean? And if you look at his yeah. at Sean's fights, you know what I mean? That's not what he does. He doesn't take people down. He makes the fights super ugly, makes people mm-hmm. get tired, and then he just beats the crap out of them. Fonzo, what you think? What you thinking, my man? I just think that um, it's going to be Alex Pereira all night, man. Um, two, I, I got it the same as you guys. Second round KO. Um, you, you you hit it right in the head when you said uh, Strickland doesn't really have a lot of good head movement or boxing, um, and that's probably that's exactly what Pereira is going to exploit. Is just going to go and and just fucking touch him up. Uh, touch him up until he just breaks his will, dude, and he's gonna take him down and end up like just shooting in some elbows, maybe a knee, something. But he's gonna put him away second round. Um, All right. Yep. So clean sweep. Everyone's agreeing. Alex Pereira. Yep. Yeah. All right. That brings us to the co-main event. This is deja vu, bros. I feel like I've seen this before, but I'm talking Alex Volkanovsky <laughs> and Max Holloway part three. So uh, my bookie had Volk as a minus 185 favorite as of last Friday because I don't know if you can double check on that real quick. Uh, he's it, coming in it. with a record of 24 and one. He's 33 years old, five foot five, 71 inch, 71 and a half inch reach advantage. As you guys remember, he's coming off of a... Off of a victory over the Korean Zombie TKO round four. Before that, unanimous Ooh, decision. Breaking news. Over Brian North. What? Uh, Lauren is out for July 2nd. No. Nah. See, I knew not... something was up. Yeah, but they I are working on a replacement up. fighter. They haven't announced yet, though. Fonzo, now's your chance. All you got to do is say that you identify as Lauren. <laughs> can... They don't even have to change the contract. All right. Can you I'm make 135 it. by Friday? Fool, I can, we're going to have to fight a catchweight. It's going to have to be catchweight. <laughs> I'm going to make you fight at 205. Your, uh, <laughs> weight cutting techniques. Yeah. Can you guys give me like two towels? So I can balance on both of them. <laughs> All right, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. We'll put some hooks. No, I don't even know how this is going to work. All right, we're going to game plan on this. Let's get back right. to this fight. Well, that sucks. So then they're probably going to move another fight up from the prelims up to the pay-per-view. If no, they don't they're find working on soon. a replacement for Misha. Yeah. Oh, oh from, okay. All right. Well, they, they're, yeah. they're trying to. I wonder – one thing that I didn't mention was I don't know how, I don't know why. I don't know if she's thinking this all on her own or if someone in the UFC told it, told her this. But after uh, Valentina's last fight against uh, Talia Santos, Misha was foaming at the mouth because she was like, oh, they fucking gave away my game plan. That's how I'm going to beat Bullet. But it's like, oh, shit. how are you already – Talking about a win that you haven't even given been given a fight to when you gotta beat this fighter over here. Yeah. So I almost felt like she was looking past Lauren. Yeah. So that could yeah. be really bad. So whoever they put in right now, I don't know if the UFC is really trying to push and be like, oh, you know, she won, so now we're gonna give her a title shot, you know. 
Um, yeah. But we'll see what happens, man. I'm I'm interested to see who they who they have for her. That'll be cool. You think that maybe they might put the the early prelim uh, flyweight belt? Put that in the main card? Because that I mean you got a lot. Uh, that's Macy Barber versus uh, Jessica uh, I. That could you know that might oh, draw that some attention right there. Yeah, yeah. Another good fight on the prelims is Brad Rydell and Jalen Turner. Mm-hmm. Robbie Lawler, Brian Barberina. That's going to be a slobber knocker. Yep. And then we also have Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone, the UFC Masters match. Loser yeah, goes what's home. what's up with that? Forever. Damn. <laughs> so even the prelims are going to be fun to watch, you know? So we're, we're, gonna, we're in for a treat, man. We're in for Definitely. a treat. Definitely. All right, let's get back right. to this to this co-main. So again, Volkanovski, five-fight winning streak, victories over Chance and Jump, Brian Ortega, back-to-back wins over Max Holloway, and Jose Aldo. The only finish he does have is a finish over Chan Sung Jung, Korean Zombie, in round four. Other than that, it's been all decisions, including a split decision victory over Max the last time they fought. Uh, Max, 23-6. and six. He is a plus 155 underdog, coming in with a record again of 23-6, and six, 30 years old, 5'9". 69-inch reach advantage coming in with a victory over Yair Rodriguez over a unanimous decision back in November. Then he had a victory over Calvin Cada back in January. And then the back-to-back losses to Volkanovski. Before that, he had a win over Frankie Edgar. And then uh, before that even, he had the loss to Dustin Poirier. You guys remember when he went up to fight Dustin for the 155-pound belt? Mm, yeah, and oh, yeah. then before that, going all the way back to 2018, when Max was still the champ, he uh, pieced up Brian Ortega, won by TKO round four. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, who wants to go first on this one? Uh, I'll go take it, five. man. I'll take it. Yeah. So, dude, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Uh, you know, the first fight it was fucking great. Um, Alexander Volkanovski definitely. Um, you know, pieced up Max Holloway. And I thought the second fight was going to be just a, uh, I remember talking about it with you guys and I, you know, it was going to be the same thing all over again, but Max brought it, dude. I, I, the second fight was just so close. And as a matter of fact, I, I don't think that Alexander Volkanovsky won, won that fight. I, I, I don't think they got the decision right. Um, Word. You know, I think Max, yeah. And it just it, it fucking sucked to watch that because I was like, man, this is this is terrible. Like we're not going to see a third fight because of this. Um, so I was kind of heartbroken when that that decision came out. Um, but now I'm glad that they are making a third uh, fight out of this because I definitely want to see it. And I think Max Holloway, um, even though he's he's the underdog in this fight, um, I think he learned. He he showed that he learned from his mistakes from the first time that they fought. His game plan in the second time that they fought was way better, more effective. And like I said, man, I really think he won that fight. So as long as he doesn't let it go to the to the to the decision to the judges again, or just pulls off a way more decisive decisive win, um, I think I think Max Holloway is going to take it this time. Um, and I don't think it's gonna. We're gonna see a, a, a much different fight than we saw the first two times. I think it's gonna be a very similar fight. Just Max Holloway is gonna smart, uh, fight a little bit smarter, try to keep Alexander away a little bit better, use better angles, um, you know, try to use straight those straight punches, 
um, and just beat him to the punch. Um, try to maybe chop him down with some leg kicks a little bit more than what he did before and just edge out more rounds. Um, I, I don't think he's going to end up uh, being able to put him away. Uh, so I don't see a stoppage here. I think it's going to go to decision, but I think it's going to go to Max Holloway this time. Oh, all right. What you thinking, cuz? Well, actually, you know what? I'm I'm gonna actually agree with Alfonso. Uh, the only thing is, is that um, I had a little uh, conspiracy theory here going, and why I had my pick. Uh, one, you got Max Holloway with the Keebler Elf haircut. Um, <laughs> and I think he's gonna have the luck um, of this time. Plus, you got Max has three letters in it, which <laughs> third time is a charm. Last letter. Is Oh. Meaning it's done. It's uh-huh. done. Third time Dang. charm. Charm. Keebler L. Magic. Max it. Holloway is winning it. this third round. Living. He's winning this by by unanimous decision. Uh, uh, in in obviously a third round. But yeah, that's what I'm going with. I'm going shooting with the same thing. I got Max Holloway uh, oh, winning this shit. by decision in the third round. And they're fighting on July third. July second. They're fighting yeah. on the second. I know. <laughs> but two plus one is three. A, a three. Yup. Yup. Right there. And right then two. There. Pl- and then seven plus two is nine, which is three. Which is three times three. Right. There you go. And X is a Roman numeral for square ten, root of which nine? is right before. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. How many? Poops did Dexter take today? Put your money, put your money on Max Holloway. I'm telling you. All right, all right. I like it. I like it. All right, man. Um, you know you, what I'm you thinking, got? guys? I'm thinking the same thing, man. So let me let me look at my secret notes here. I have Alexander Volkanovsky has two wins over Max Holloway. He's on a 21-fight winning streak, and he's dominated his last two opponents on the feet. His striking looked untouchable. He looked untouchable. He looked like he could get whatever. I mean, if you take out when Brian Ortega almost snatched his neck off with that guillotine, he's looked untouchable. Now, is it that his striking has gotten that much better, or is it that his opponent's striking defense wasn't as good as Max's? Because those are the only people he's fought. His last five fights, you know, have been these two guys and then Max twice. So, mm-hmm. Chan Sung Jung, how good is his striking? It's Pretty good, good, but it's not above average. How about Brian Ortega? How's his stand-up? It got better, but it's still not nowhere near being the level that Volkanovsky or for that Max is, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, we look yep. at Max's secret notes that I have over here. I say that he's looked amazing in his last two fights. Even though as good as Volkanovski's stand-up has been, Max's stand-up has looked even better. However, Max has taken a lot, a little bit more damage, I feel, than Volk has in his last two fights. Now, I don't know if you guys watched the countdown show, but there was a clip where they a highlight from the Calvin Cater and Max Holloway fight where actually this wasn't even on the ultimate fighter countdown show. I think I saw this on Instagram, but somebody made a highlight of Max yelling out like in the fifth round, I'm the best boxer in the UFC. And he throws a no look straight, right? 
and it just blasts Cater right in the middle of his face, dude. <laughs> Cater is a badass boxer. I, I'm not sure if he used to be a pro boxer, but he's a really good boxer, and boxing is his game, is his thing. So that mean that to me shows that Max has been improving his striking, working on that craft because honestly, that's probably going to be the only way that he's going to be able to beat beat Volkanovski is on the feet. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be able to take to finish him. I don't know if he's going to be able to sub him. But I think Max, you're right, Fonzo. I think that he learned from the last fight. I think that if he would have pressed on the gas a little bit more, I think he would have stole the fight because I thought yeah. he – I had him winning. It was razor close. It could have gone either way, unfortunately. It didn't go in his way. Now, because in my notes, I do have a secret note here that you might like. Now, this does – I don't know if this is going to translate into MMA, but this this is some. Volkanovski is trying to do something that is extremely hard to do in any sport, and that's beat your opponent three times in a row. Now, the 49ers, this is football. I'm a big football fan. I'm a huge 49er fan. The 49ers had the L.A. Rams number all season long. Kyle Shanahan lives in the Rams' head or in the coach's head all day long because he's got his number. Now, 49ers beat the Rams hands down in the season, but when it counted in the NFC Championship, we all know what happens because we, we all know who ended up winning the Super Bowl. It is super hard to beat somebody three times in a row because you got to do something new each and every time, and you think your opponent is just going to lay down and not do anything differently? I doubt that. And Alfonso, I think you you hit the nail on the head. We've all seen Max improving little by little, and I think that he's just going to – Step on the gas from the get-go. Because even though Max has been in the UFC for a long-ass time, he's only 30 years old. He started fighting when he was like – how old was he when he started fighting? 18? 19? Something like that. Yeah, he's young. He's mm-hmm. Super youngster, man. So he's got the heart. He's got the skills. He's got the brain power. I'm I'm going Max Holloway unanimous decision. I don't think there's anybody out in the UFC right now that's going to beat Alexander – by finishing him on the feet or or sub submitting him, but I think Max is gonna just piece him up. I think that he's gonna lay put the gas, the pedal to the metal in this one, and just it's just gonna be a slugfest. Not really a slugfest, but it's just gonna be a, a boxing clinic. And I really hope that I see Max get his hand raised and becomes the champ one more time. And then if he does, guess what's gonna happen again? They're gonna fight again. They're gonna run it. They're going to run it back. They're going to run it back. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see what happens, man. These are the two, the number one and number two fighters in this division. We got to see it no matter what, even if it's the third time. Because third time's a charm, I guess, right? That's what I said. Max Holloway. We'll see. Max X <laughs> marks right. the spot. It's there. <laughs> All right. All right. Cuz is into his numerology. All right, let's get to the main event here. Main event, main event. This is going to be a freaking banger of a fight right here, man, because we got two of the sickest strikers, not only in this division, but I want to say like in the entire UFC. So we got Israel Adesanya, a heavy, heavy minus 390 favorite as of today on my bookie. Good Lord, good Lord. So minus 390 favorite. He's coming in with a record of 22 and one. He's 32 years old, six foot three, 
80-inch reach advantage coming in off of back-to-back wins, unanimous decision over Robert Whitaker, unanimous decision over Marvin Vittori. He had that loss finally to uh, Jan Blahovich, but again, that was at 205. So you kind of got to put an asterisk on that one and swipe that one from the record because before that, he put that beat down that you guys probably remember against Paulo Costa, TKO mm-hmm. round two. Before that, he had a unanimous decision win over Yoel Romero. And then before that was when he took the strap from Robert Whitaker, KO round two. And then if you want to go back one more fight, he had that unanimous decision win over uh, Anderson Silva. Looking at Jared Cannonier, Jared Cannonier is now a plus 315 underdog. Wow, that's a lot. That's big, man. He's coming in with a record of 15 and 5, 38 years old. Five foot nine, so he's a little bit shorter, man. Actually, a lot shorter. Uh, 77 and a half inch reach advantage coming in with a KO over uh, Derek Brunson back in February, then a unanimous decision victory over Kelvin Gashelum back in August of last year, a unanimous decision win over Robert Whitaker, a win over Jack Hermanson, a win over Anderson Silva, TKO round one. And then a TKO round two victory over David Branch in 2018. All right, gentlemen, who wants to go first? You guys want me to take this one? Yeah, go ahead. Take it. Share my secret notes with y'all. All All right. I have here under uh, Adesanya, super accurate striker, excellent footwork, fainting specialist. He always gets people to fall for them traps. And as soon as they're in, they stuck, you know, they fall for it. Next thing you know, they got a fist in their face. His MMA IQ is through the roof. There's nobody that's better at analyzing a fighter and making changes from round to round than this guy. The only other guy I think that does it better, I would say, is freaking Floyd Mayweather Jr. in boxing, man. Because you see one version in the first round, and then by the second round, he's already got you figured out. Uh I said here that he set the bar so high in his previous fights that his last two fights, he's looked mediocre. And I'm talking about Robert Whitaker and Marvin Vittori. You know, I thought he was going to blow Vittori out of the water just because he talked so much crap. It all—it almost seemed like he kind of justified what Vittori was saying because he couldn't finish him, you know. So I don't know if that's Vittori being a better fighter or, or was it Adesanya kind of laying off the gas. Secret notes over here for Jared Cannon here. He's got that one-punch KO power. He's looked outclassed uh, in his fight against Robert Whitaker. That was his last match. I don't know if you guys remember that fight. You guys remember when he fought Robert Whitaker? Yeah. No. Uh-uh. I that Jared Cannonier kind of looked like I don't. I'm not going to say scared or nervous, but he looked like he was gun shy. Like he didn't want to pull the trigger. Maybe he didn't want to open himself up and leave himself open to counters, but he wasn't the same Jared Cannonier. And Robert Whitaker was able to take advantage of that and, and got the victory. It was a unanimous decision. But again, I don't know if that was the same Jared Cannonier that we've seen in some of the other, in some of the other fights. Cause Jared Cannonier just throws them hands, man. He's got them hands coming from all over the place. I'm not going to say he's as an accurate of a striker as Adesanya, and we might have to look at the at the UFC fight stats on that. Because are you looking at that right page right now? I am. I am. So how? Uh, who's a who's a more accurate striker? I would imagine Adesanya so for, is. So for uh, significant strikes, they have uh, Conier at fifty percent, and they have uh, 
uh, Adesanya at 49%. Uh, Defense-wise, they have uh, Jared at 63% and Adesanya at 61%. So that's according to the UFC. So it's looking better for Jared when it coming to the strikes. And overall, landing per minute, you have they're pretty close together. You have uh, Adesanya yeah. at three three point eight four to Jared's three point seven six. Yeah, they're they're pretty even in their striking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like one of the so I also have here written down what's Cannonier's game plan going to be? You know, I mean, is he going to try to take Adesanya down? Because very, I don't think anybody's been able to. I mean, Vittori took him down, but. He didn't do too much damage. You know, Blahovich was able to take Adesanya down. But again, he didn't do, he wasn't even able to do too much damage. One of the things that Cannoneer is able to do is once he gets someone on the ground, he drops them gorilla hands, dude. And he just causes massive, massive damage. Uh, as long as he keeps throwing them hands, he's going to have a chance, man. But Adesanya is just that dude, man. He's that dude, and he's already putting the pressure on himself by saying that he's going to quote, unquote. I don't know if you, you guys remember that post I shared I with you guys. I was going to say that. Did he or yep. did he not say? he? What was the quote? What did he say? I'm going to fuck him up. Yes I'm or gonna no? I'm going to fuck him up. Yeah, that's exactly what he yeah. said. Words exactly. I'm going to fuck so him up. If if he's going to, and he is that type of fighter that, that proves, you know, he's not just talking the talk. He's going to do it. And I, I'm th I'm thinking that maybe he also feels that he was kind of lackluster in his last two fights, and he's gonna try to make us make a statement here. You know, I feel that Cannoneer is a better version of Paulo Costa, but we already know what Adesanya did to Paulo Costa, oh, yeah, and I think bad. the same thing. I think the same thing's gonna happen here, man. I think that Cannoneer is gonna end up opening himself up. I think that he's gonna he's gonna fall for them traps. And Adesanya is just going to pick him apart. I got Adesanya with another unanimous decision win. But I think that he is going to piece up Cannonier really, really bad. It's going to be a, an ugly fight. Um, but could Cannonier land that one shot and put out Adesanya? If, uh, put it this way. If Cannonier can land a shot similar to what Kelvin landed in the round four. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. It's going to be game over because he's not going to get up from that. But Adesanya's defense is just so good, man. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm having a really hard time going against him. You know, he's, he's in his prime. He's at his peak. He's got the confidence. He's already making statements, you know, that he's going to try to back up. So, oh, I, I would imagine he's going to back it up. You know, um, I don't think, again, I don't think he's going to finish him. But, hey, I could be wrong. But I'm just going to play it safe on this one. And I'm going to go Adesanya. Adesanya, unanimous decision. Who's next? I'm going to go. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm actually going with the killer gorilla on this one. I think that I, I think that as we've watched Adesanya in his uh, fight game, people were starting to realize that nobody's gotten him to the ground. And they're starting to realize that. And they're starting to try to do the takedown more. I think that Jared's coach is going to use that to his advantage. He's heavier. You get Jared is a lot heavier, you know, um, muscle-wise. So he's going to put that pressure on him. I think he's going to really put that pressure on him. And he, uh, according to UFC, one in every four attempts at a takedown, he gets on average, you know. So, you know, we really haven't seen Adesanya do anything on the ground. And I see that if 
Jaron plays it and plays his cards right. He's that old man strength, and he can he can throw because again, yeah, Adesanya is a little bit taller, but Jared and Adesanya's reach is not that different, even though there's a drastic height difference. Which he's low uh, since Jared is lower to the ground. You know, obviously he's five eleven to six four. He's going to be in a good position for that takedown. You know, Adesanya throws that throws his jabs or whatever. He's going to be good for that takedown to get him down to the ground, and that way he can put that pressure on. So I think as the rounds are going are continuing, Adesanya is going to have a lot more uh, to deal with that he hasn't had to deal with in the past with him. So and I and like you said, once Jared, if Jared can get him to the ground and use those killer gorilla hands on him. You know, I think that that's going to that's going to put Adesanya in a different perspective. You know, I think that uh, so I have it going um, Jaron by uh, by decision um, for the win. Ooh, all right. Close us out, Fonzo. Um, yeah, I don't think any of that's going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I, I, I got blue. <laughs> oh, I forgot to give you my theories on this, and that's what it was, uh, Alfonso. That's that's what it was. So you have oh, okay. Killer Gorilla. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The Style Bender. It's a comic book. Killer Gorilla versus Style Bender in that series. No, I'm just joking. Okay. okay. <laughs> I thought you were for real. Like, wait, I don't think I've ever heard Gorilla those comics Grada, before. Not Gorilla Grodd would get his ass kicked by the Airbender. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so um, I, I gotta agree with Frank. I think uh, Adesanya's um, stand-up is just too good. Um, his takedown defense is, is pretty fucking good too. Um, I don't think um, uh, Cannoneer will be able to take him down, even if he tries. And all it, all is gonna happen is just Adesanya's gonna piece him up, man. He's just gonna punch, elbow, knee, whatever he needs to do, and ultimately it's it's gonna frustrate the shit out of Cannoneer to the point where he's going to make some mistakes and he's going to end up um, on the ground with Adesanya on top of him um, is the way I see this. Uh, And then third round it's going to be all over. He's going to put him away. Just a TKO stoppage is what I'm, uh, what I'm predicting on the third round. Um, I just think that Adesanya will want to make a statement um, and then just kind of put, put an exclamation point on this fight and just know that I'm still here. I'm in my prime. I'm not going away. I'm not going anywhere. Um, and, you know, basically who's next is he, you know what I mean? Like he, he went up in weight class, tried that, didn't quite work out. Uh, and he's got to reestablish his dominance again. You know what I mean? In his, in this weight division. So I, I think he's going to try to do that during this fight. He's ready to make a statement. Yep. Put the division on blast. Yeah, you're yep. right, man. I think you're right. Fonz. All right, did, but I mean, like, well, if you think about it, uh, though, I mean, him coming out and saying like, "Oh, I'm gonna fuck him up." Do you really think that he's not like kind of contemplating? Maybe he's a little worried in the head that he's trying to mention. Because didn't you say the last fight that he did that, he didn't dominate it. He kind of barely won. Yeah, yeah. He I might mean, be I'm his own head. Barely won. You know, he was never in trouble. He was never in trouble. But what I what I mean was he barely won. One, I mean, he didn't barely win. What I'm saying was, I expected him to finish both of those guys. You know, yeah. he finished Whitaker the first time. I was expecting him to finish him again, and I was thinking that because of uh, 
just the fighting styles between Vittori and Adesanya, I thought he was going to be able to blow him out of the water. You know what I mean? But kudos yeah, to Vittori. Yeah. He was able to stick around, and he made it a boring-ass fight. But I think Vittori, <laughs> that, that just kind of um, said more about Vittori than it did Adesanya. You know what I mean? I think that fight true, with true. Um, yeah, Vittori showed a lot more heart, a lot more just, just um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know what to call it, but it showed what, yeah. what Martin Vittori was really about. Yeah. And you know what? If if Cannoneer can land those takedowns like the way Vittori did and have the strikes on the ground that Cannoneer is known for, dude, that's trouble for Adesanya for damn sure. And that could change the fight instantly from one round to the next. Yeah. Man, good shit. So, Can't yeah. fucking yeah, wait. It's going to be a good weekend of fights, man. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, gents. That's a wrap, man. Uh, what do you guys want to say? Anything you guys want to say before we cut out? Just want to say thank you. Catch you guys at the fights. Let us know what your guys' thoughts are. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I know it's been a while, but uh, I'm glad to be back on here and really looking forward to these fights. See what happens. Heck yeah, heck yeah. It's summer break. I got three weeks off from work, so I'm going to try to put in some OT and get some kick-ass shows, kick-ass interviews for everybody. So stay tuned. Uh, I know a uh, side note here, Mohasim's going to be making some announcements this week, and he's going to finalize each of the divisions. I don't know if you guys out there listening heard, but he did close up and finalize the 66-kilogram division. So n- as of now, these are the 16 participants in the 66 kilogram division for ADCC going down in September, the newest invitee. And I think this is going to cause major, major waves. And I'm so excited to see the matchups that, that are going to come from this. Uh, I'm talking Gary Tonin, Josh Cisneros, AJ Agazarm, Ruan Alvarenga, Diego Pato, Gio Martinez, Ethan Krellenston, Gabriel Sosa, Kennedy Maciel, Jeremy Skinner, Fabricio Andre, Diogo Reyes, Keith Krikorian, Koabate, Sam McNally, and Ashley Williams. So we'll be dropping an ADCC show and we'll be talking Polaris UFC versus Brazil. I'm going to want to check that out again because I don't know if you got a chance to watch that, but uh, we'll save that talk for the next episode. All right, Jujiteros, I hope everyone has a wonderful, safe, pre-July 4th week at work training. Stay safe, everybody. Keep rolling and training, and we hope to hear from you soon. Peace. This is the motivation. Motivation.